You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahraven.com. Welcome to Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange, the podcast of me, Sarah Raven, and my friend, Arthur Parkinson. And this week, we thought we'd do a bonus episode on basically cut flowers, which is something that we're both completely passionate about and almost really how we met. Because, of course, Mother's Day is coming up and we want to really encourage you all not maybe to go and buy the cellophane wrap, but to go out into your garden and to use that, if you possibly can, to form the base of the bunch, even if you get some highlights bought in. So Arthur, what would be your perfect Mother's Day bunch that you would like to give to your mum? Well, my mum loves scent, but certain scents more than others. She loves hyacinths. Mm. So Janbos and Kronos are probably the favourite ones. Mm. So Janbos uh, is that deep, deep pink. Yeah. And Kronos is that dark, dark blue. Yeah. Oh, no, not, not Janbos. Um, what's Woodstock? That's oh, what yeah, I mean. Woodstock. Sorry. That's the colour um, of beetroot. Yeah, gorgeous beetroot. So we normally have a few of those to pick. I mean, that's going to be a hard one for you to find at even a good florist, I think. Mm. not seen it for sale ever. I don't know if you have. But my mum also loves freesias. She loves mm. deep red freesias. So they're probably the only flower that I'd probably buy at this time of year. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, Sarah. Where, mm. where are freesias grown? In Holland, I hope. Well, no, freesias are grown here, but they do tend to be grown under glass. I mean, I've seen uh, freesias growing wild in Greece. It was one of the most exciting moments of my life. And uh, actually, I've seen them in South Africa too, where, where in fact they mm. come from. So I think it must have been a garden escape in Greece. But the smell of freesias, I couldn't more agree. I think if you're going to grow a couple of things, especially for Mother's Day, to pick or to buy in, hyacinths and freesias would would have to be absolutely the top of my list too. And they have incredible vase life. You know, you're going to get 10 days out of both of them, aren't you? And what I find with hyacinths, because they've got that really chunky stem, almost rubbery stem, I put a good slurp of vinegar into the flower water and that stops bacterial buildup, which stops the, the stems turning to slime. And it really makes a difference. And changing the water every other day is the other thing. So cut the stem mm. ends freshen the water, clean out your vase, put them back in and you'll really keep them going. But what what else would you pick for a Mother's Day bunch? Foliage-wise, the thing that's in the garden at the moment looking gorgeous as I look out the window are the um, the first proper leaves of the cardoons or the, the artichoke. Mm. So they'd probably be my base foliage. Not huge silly leaves that you get later on in the year at the moment. They're a beautiful size, perfect for, for a vase. And that would be my base. Probably any rosemary, um, yeah. possibly it might be in flower by Mother's Day just starting. Yeah. And that would be another another scent. Yeah. With both those, would you condition them? Yeah, I would. I mean, definitely with the um, the cardoon or the artichoke foliage, 30 seconds, just the first um, few centimetres of the stem in boiling water, then straight into cold. Yeah. And if I was really on the ball, I would probably pick them the night before and have them deep in a bucket by the door because yeah. they do flop those leaves in the warm they do become quite floppy after a few days but they'll look lovely you know for the weekend at least yeah brilliant 
Anything else that you can think of just in your garden there, in your tiny garden that you'd pick? We've got a lovely, um, and this would be me doing a bit of pruning. I'd only do it if it needed pruning. We've got a gorgeous small dwarf cherry. I can never pronounce it. It's Japanese, I think. And um, it's beautiful, be beautiful and very, very lovely and ethereal. If I was really in a rush, I would probably just pick that on its own with some narcissi, the yeah. earliest ones. Um, yeah. But I haven't actually got any in my garden. I know you've probably got some at Perch Hill. Yeah. Um, so they'd be bought in as well, the narcissi. Yeah, that's the thing I would add, I guess, is a highly scented narcissus like avalanche or maybe actea. And then mm. for foliage, in the previous days would have picked Euphorbia oblongata. Now, Euphorbia oblongata is a plant that Arthur and I have both grown for me personally, nearly three decades. Arthur rather less long because he's younger. And we've both loved for a very long time. But both of us ended up in A&E this summer (laughs) through through Euphorbia sap. And joking apart, I, I still love it and I still pick it. But genuinely, if we come out of having to wear masks, I am going to keep my Perspex screen or, you know, those funny screens that you, COVID screen that you wear, like shopkeepers wear and people in restaurants wear so that people can still see them, their lips moving because they're friendlier. Those are brilliant for picking euphorbia because the thing you must not do if any of you want to pick euphorbia is you must pick them with gloves on and you mustn't put the milky sap of euphorbia anywhere near your face. And even though Arthur and I are well aware of it, we've still managed to get some of it in our eye last summer. And as I say, both of us ended up in, in terrible pain, actually about two weeks apart, um, both yeah. going to um, to the A&E down on the coast in Sussex. It's a wonderful plant, but it, but one needs to be wary of it. And I, and I think both of us are warier than we were last year. Yeah, especially with me. I was in A&E at one o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> to get an ambulance to come to Perch Hill from Hastings. And, and yeah, that was not good. No. The other thing that I would pick to add in would be emerging spring leaves. So whatever you've got, whatever tree or shrub you've got in your garden, use that as a base too. And they'll just be emerging into leaf. So you've got that incredible bright, bright acid, wonderful fresh green. And so then in, in my hand... What I often do is I would actually make the hand tie bunch in my hand and I'd first of all make a base from ideally three different foliages. So with Arthur's ideas, I would probably use cardoon as number one. I would probably use the emerging spring leaves as number two. And then I might use honeywort or serinthi, which is just about coming into flower or possibly euphorbia picked very carefully as number three. And I would thread those one into another to get a really nice base, almost like making, I think of it like making a sieve, but in my hand. So standing above a a kind of almost like a garden sieve, you know, a sort of soil sieve. And into that, then I drop my flowers. And so, you know, if I wanted to use freesia and narcissus and a hyacinth, which are all deliciously scented, first of all, I would drop in uh, the freesia because it's tall and then the narcissus, and then finally, because it's got shorter stems, I would just drop in a few of the hyacinths. And then the key thing with a hand tie bunch is that what you want to do is to do a long length of string, and you double it over. So it's a double length with a loop in the end, of course. And then you put the double length of string round your stems, and the two cut ends 
go through the U in the loop. And, and then you pull that out and then one of the cut ends goes round the stems one way and one goes another way. And you've immediately got your stems really nice and secure for your hand tied. And then you can just bundle it round several times and tie it off. That is such a nifty knot for making a hand tied bunch. And for Mother's Day, that would be a really, really good thing to do. And everything should be seared for between 10 and 30 seconds, depending on the woodiness of the stem. So if it's rosemary, it's 30 into cool water. And then just like Arthur said, left in a bucket overnight before you give it as a present. But having it picked out of the garden will mean so much more to your mum than everything just bought in already from a supermarket. So that is a little bonus episode for Mother's Day to try and get you out into your gardens to use that as your florist rather than buying them in with no road miles or air miles. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange. Next, we will be talking about two other real favourite plants of ours, dahlias and rhubarb. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahoven.com.